Hello and welcome to the GOP Josh Show, broadcasting 24-7 in liberals' minds rent-free or on your favorite podcast streaming platform, also rent-free. Today we're going to be talking about a bunch of different topics, but today's episode is beginning with it's riot season. Yes, folks, we are back into the point where our country, where we can't decide whether COVID is terrible or if we have to riot in the streets to get some new Nikes, you know? We can't decide between those two things. And right now, we have a a situation where there's more riots in the street in Minneapolis amidst the Derek Chauvin trial, amidst this next um, police brutality situation, which is the Dante Wright um, killing. So he was pulled over for expired tags. He had a warrant out for his arrest for aggravated robbery, and so the police tried to arrest him. That's what they would do if you get pulled over and you have a warrant out for your arrest. They would, well, try to arrest you. So he tries to run, and I'm not going to play the body cam footage merely because the majority of you aren't listening on YouTube, but he tries to run from the police officers. The police officer says, taser, taser, taser. This woman, this uh, white woman police officer, says, taser, 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 grabs her gun and shoots him. And says, oh shoot, not shoot, a different word, I shot him. And people are saying this is first degree murder, she did it on purpose. You'd have to see the body cam footage, which I don't want to play on my show. Uh, Just search Duante, or Dante, I'm not quite sure how you're supposed to pronounce it, I'm sorry about that, white uh, Dante Wright, White, I'm going to say today's episode, on today's episode. And they're saying it's first-degree murder. She mistaked her taser for a gun. Uh, she's obviously incompetent and shouldn't serve on the police force. And I want to know, uh, she's been on there for 25 years, but was this to make the police force look more diverse? Oh, there's a woman on the police force. See, you're safe now. Or there's a woman on the police force. It more It better represents America, like Biden's cabinet. But people are saying because of this case, there is a first-degree murder charge possible. Now, she has been charged with a second-degree manslaughter case, and I believe that's the most she's going to get charged with. She obviously said, taser, 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 accidentally shot her, or shot the victim, uh, not her, but accidentally shot Dante Wright, or, yeah, right, and then, oh, shoot, I didn't mean to shoot him. Obviously, she didn't mean to shoot him. Now, I I understand trying to cover up your mistakes, and I don't think that'd be something to lie about if you're like, oh yeah, he was out of control, I shot him. No, she went to go for her taser, she grabbed the wrong thing, and she shot him. I don't know how this is going to be a first-degree murder case, I don't know how this would be a third-degree murder case. At most, it's a manslaughter case, if she gets charged for manslaughter. And these protests are obviously... Causing more harm than good because they aren't protests, they're riots. They are rioting in the streets, they are burning up police cars, they are breaking into businesses. I think Foot Locker was it that donated like $250 million to Black Lives Matter. They got looted in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. $250 million to Black Lives Matter thrown out the window. It makes me think that these businesses donate to Black Lives Matter because they know it's not a helpful organization, but because they don't want their businesses to get destroyed, and they get destroyed anyway. But Locker donated $250 million to Black Lives Matter, and they still got destroyed. 
you have to realize that these companies are trying. They they donated the, the money to the cause. You can't tell me that Black Lives Matter has done anything productive for black families besides getting this one founder of Black Lives Matter, a $1.4 million estate in an 89% white neighborhood. Why isn't that money... She, she's a Marxist. She's against private property. So why isn't that money going back to black communities? Why isn't she buying a house in a black community, trying to renovate that community up and making it a better place to live? No, she's buying it in an 89% white neighborhood, a $1.4 million estate, because that's a better way to spend her money that she most likely got from Black Lives Matter as a founder of the organization. These Black Lives Matter protests are hurting the black community more than they are helping which they, they always have. They've never been very productive at all. They're burning up police stations. They're causing damage to innocent small businesses. And people are saying, well, you, you didn't have this level of outrage when people terrorized the Capitol. First off, I didn't bring my outrage on here because it was the United States Capitol where the taxpayers pay for the building that was protested or was destroyed or not even destroyed. They broke a few windows. That is a taxpayer-funded building that does not rely, or that, that building is not relied upon someone to have like a business out of to support their family. That building is paid for by the taxpayers to have a place where the government can legislate. You cannot compare the Black Lives Matter protests, and you cannot compare January 6th, just like you can't compare the Biden and Trump borders, which you can read about in my latest opinion article, GOPjosh.com. And getting out of that topic for now, because I want to go back to that eventually later in the episode, Biden and the Harris administration announced initial actions to address the gun violence public health epidemic. I mentioned this last week, but I want to um, talk about it more in depth this week. The Justice Department, within 30 days, 30 days of last Wednesday, will issue a proposed rule to help stop the proliferation of ghost guns. We are experiencing a growing problem. Criminals are buying kits uh, containing nearly all the components and directions for finishing a firearm within as little as 30 minutes and using these firearms to commit crimes. These firearms turn up at a crime scene. When these firearms turn up at a crime scene, they often cannot be traced by law enforcement due to a lack of a serial number. The Justice Department will issue a proposed rule to help stop the proliferation, proliferation of these firearms. Isn't that what our country was founded on? Not, not committing crimes, but building your own guns in order to fight a revolution against a tyrannical government. Isn't that the point of the Second Amendment? I had a copy of the Constitution right here on my desk just a second ago. I uh, must have got mixed up in my paperwork somewhere. Oh, right here. Okay. Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution, a document from Hillsdale College, courtesy of my uncle. Let me come here. To Amendment 2... A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. Okay. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, why would the, the founders have something so controversial as the Second Amendment in their document? It wasn't controversial at the time. Because everyone who signed that document and everyone who lived in that period besides newborn children fought against a tyrannical government for their security, uh, for their peace, for their uh, freedom. Why do you think the founders wanted to secure a a Second Amendment right, an amendment 
that would make sure that the government cannot take away your guns. So if something was to happen, the people can revolt. Remember when we fought a revolution over a, uh, a tea tax? Now we're getting taxed 52% of our incomes in some state. I'm not calling for a revolution, by the way. I'm just talking about this, and this is all kind of related. The Justice Department, within 60 days, will issue a proposed rule to make clear when a device marketed as a stabilizing brace effectively turns a pistol into a short-barreled rifle subject to the requirements of the National Firearms Act. The alleged shooter in the Boulder tragedy last month appears to have used a pistol with an arm brace, which can make a firearm more stable and accurate while still being concealable. So because a criminal is using these things means we can't have laws with them anymore? Or we have to have laws because criminals are using them? These pistol braces can be used for a lot more than terrorization. They can be used for shooting range, for training, to protect your family. But liberals don't like that. They don't like when you have a sense of security, when you don't need the government to help you with every little step of your life. There's a TikToker the other day, I wanted to get this clip because I wanted to play it, that talked about how conservatives hate America because we don't want free health care, we don't want free college, we don't want free housing, we don't want free food, which I'm not against charity for free food. But this liberal was saying that conservatives hate America. Okay, listen to, listen to this. Because we don't want the government to do every single thing for us. Because we don't want the government to do every single thing to where if they decided to one day go tyrannical, we had nothing to do it. Uh, we, we had nothing to control the government. We had nothing to fight back at the government if they were to become tyrannical, go against our best interests. We had no defense. And because we want defense of that, because we want personal property, because we want private property, we hate America. I'm going to have to get this clip during the break, but I keep I keep straying away from these gun laws because the gun laws are so stupid. The administration is investigating an evidence-based community violence intervention. Community violence intervention are proven – this is from the WhiteHouse.gov. Community violence interventions are proven strategies for reducing gun violence in urban communities through tools other than incarceration. Because cities across the country are experiencing a historic spike in homicides, the Biden-Harris has taken a number of steps to prioritize investment in community violence preventions. The American Jobs Plan – proposes a $5 billion investment over eight years to support community violence intervention program. Do you, do you see a key problem with that? The American Jobs Plan, jobs is the third word in the four-letter uh, four name, proposes a $5 billion investment over eight years to support community violence intervention programs. They say that it's to help connect individuals to job training and job opportunity. But that could be a separate bill and get by bipartisan support. Maybe not $5 billion. That's over eight years. So while they're out of office, because the Republicans are going to take back the White House in 2022 or 2024, I'm sorry. Wrong number. I'm thinking about 2022 right now. Over eight years to support community violence intervention programs. If that wasn't hidden in the, or not hidden, it's in plain sight, in the American Jobs Plan, it might have bipartisan support because that's not a terrible thing. The Justice Department will issue an annual report on firearms trafficking. But they don't care that much about human trafficking. Save our children. 
The president will nominate Dave Chipman, an active anti-firearm person, to serve as the director of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, or as Biden would call it, the Bureau of the AFT, the Alcohol, Firearms, and Tobacco, apparently, because that's what he said, AFT. It's ATF Biden. But these gun laws, I hope, I think the administration knows that these gun laws won't help anyone in the long run. They're going to make it to where criminals still get guns. People who want to protect their families can't. And it's going to cause a rise in crime overall. They're talking about ghost guns and how they're trying to prevent them. What is preventing someone with a 3D printer from printing a gun? But not everyone has a 3D printer. So people can buy a 3D printer. They can use it to print guns. And they can just go do whatever they want to do with that. Banning guns is not going to stop criminals. It's going to prevent people from being able to protect themselves from criminals. And people are going to use this and say, oh, but we c- uh, why don't we just um, unban murder because people are still going to murder? And why don't we just uh, ban- uh, unban rape because people are still going to rape people? Because there's a two-sided coin to this. I have a coin right here. It's a penny. On the head side, you have trying to stop people who are illegals or not illegals, but people who are illegally buying these firearms from getting them, or legally buying these firearms from getting them and um, causing violence. And on the other side, you have legally people, legal people, legal uh, legally owned firearms, who are trying to protect their family if someone was to run into their neighborhood and terrorize it, right? With a standard ground law in many states, including Ohio. It's a two-sided coin. With rape, there's not a two-sided coin. With murder, there's not a two-sided coin. Banning guns for all will just really ban guns for good people because bad people are still going to get them. So I want to move on. Biden is pulling the troops out of Afghanistan by September 11th. In the forever war is what he says. This is a, a report from the AP. President Joe Biden said Wednesday he will withdraw the remaining U.S. troops from the forever war in Afghanistan, declaring that the September 11th terror attacks of 20 years ago cannot justify American forces still dying in the nation's longest war. I agree that we need to prevent uh, soldiers from dying. It's planned to pull out all American forces numbering 2,500 by September 11th, the anniversary of the attacks was coordinated from Afghanistan. Soon after Biden made his announcement, NATO chief Jens Stolberg in Brussels said the alliance has agreed to withdraw roughly 7,000 forces from Afghanistan, matching Biden's decision to p- begin a final pullout by May 1st, or as he would say, May 1. The U.S. cannot continue to pour resources into an intractable war and respect different results. Biden says the drawdown will begin rather than conclude by May 1st, which has been the deadline for full withdrawal under a peace agreement by the Trump administration. It is time to end America's longest war, Biden said, but he added that the U.S. will not conduct a hasty rush to the exit. We cannot continue the cycle of extending or expanding our military presence in Afghanistan, hoping to create the ideal conditions for our withdrawal, expecting the same result, said Biden, who delivered his address from the White House Treaty Room, the same location where President George W. Bush announced the start of the war. I am now the fourth United States president to preside over an American troop presence in Afghanistan. Two Republicans, two Democrats. I will not pass this responsibility to a fifth. Biden's announcement, which he... Uh, which 
He followed with a visit to Arlington National Cemetery, marks perhaps the most significant foreign policy decision in the early ongoing of his presidency. He's been long skeptical, long skeptical about the U.S. president uh, presence in Afghanistan as Barack Obama's vice president. Biden was a lonely voice in the administration who advised the 44th president to tilt towards a smaller counterterrorism role in the country while military advisors were urging the troop build up to counter Taliban gains. Biden also said that it made clear he wanted to recalibrate U.S. foreign policy to face a bigger challenge face bigger challenges posed by China and Russia. I'm against endless wars. I don't want American troops dying. But as Mitch McConnell said, let me see, I, I, want, I want to get his exact quote because I don't want to misrepresent Mitch McConnell because what he said was very insightful. So Mitch McConnell said foreign terrorists will not leave the U.S. alone because our politicians have grown tired of taking the uh, taking the fight to them. Biden said on the Senate or McConnell said on the Senate floor, Biden needs to explain to the American people why he thinks abandoning abandoning our partners and retreating in the face of the Taliban will make America safer. He added. And I believe that that's absolutely correct. Now, some people that are listening to this show are going to be like McConnell's and a neocon McConnell's not trustworthy McConnell abandoned Trump and. This is another point I wanted to get to today, and that's that's kind of why I wanted to find that quote from um, Mitch McConnell, is because you can dislike a politician on one issue and like a politician on another. I like Tulsi Gabbard because she respected the American Constitution. She voted against the omnibus bill. She was, uh, she was very vocal against Biden. She ran until she literally couldn't anymore for president. But I don't like her because she supports a $15 minimum wage. There are other issues like that. She's a Democrat. I don't like many of her Democratic policies. But you can still support a politician on certain things and not other things. That's something that a lot of people need to realize in this country. Politics are not just black and white. You can not trust a politician because of something they did, but you can still support something else they do. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to find the clip of that um, video I mentioned earlier. And we'll be right back on the GOP Josh Show. Welcome back. This is the GOP Josh Show, live streaming 24-7 in liberals' minds. This is the clip. Her name is Victoria Hammett. She has 718,000 followers on the popular social media platform TikTok. And I found the video about her pretty much blaming conservatives for everything that she thinks is wrong in America. So uh, I, I just want to begin the clip. Hot take. No one, no one hates America more than conservatives. Ooh, this is going to get me in some trouble. No, but really, because conservatives just have such a lack of empathy for fellow Americans. Right. So we hate America because we uh, don't have empathy. Her definition of empathy is pretty much give them everything that you earn. Right? They have stances like, oh, I shouldn't have to pay for your health care. I- Based shouldn't have to pay for your education. Yep, I I don't want to have to pay for your education because I really probably can't pay for my own. should not have to do anything to make your life better, even if you are systemically oppressed by the system I benefit from. What does systemically oppressed mean? What is she she trying to say by that? Is she trying to say systemically oppressed as in, like, the policing system? Is she trying to say systemically oppressed by uh, what is she saying by systemically oppressed so they don't exactly like their fellow americans and they yes claim- we love our fellow americans we're some of the most patriotic people on this planet the thing is 
We think that we should be in charge of ourselves. That's a big thing with the government is that the government should not be overreaching because we can't trust our government. This country was founded on not trusting our government and wanting to overrule our government because we didn't think what they were doing was correct. To not like the American government either, right? They're small government. So which part of America do you like? Because anytime We like the freedom of this country. We like the basis that this country was founded on. Um, don't tread on me. Um, let me live my life and I'll let you live yours. We were a country founded on legal immigration. There's a lot of things about this country that conservatives like. What do liberals like about this country? That, that's what I want to that, That's my question of the week. I'm going to start doing that. What do liberals like about America? I want to know. All right, I, I'll let her finish this video. But anyone suggests a way to make America better, y'all are just like, well, if you don't like it, leave. So you. Nope. Nope. That's not the case. That is when you are literally declaring that the president of the United States is not your president. I'm going to declare it right now. Joe Biden is my president for four years, three years now, until a Republican takes the White House in 2024. When, we're, when you're actively against everything this country is for, when you are actively against our electoral college, which is because we're a representative democracy or a republic, a, rep uh, a Republican democracy is kind of what I'd call it. When you're actively against legal immigration, or uh, when you're for illegal immigration, I should say, because I don't know how you can be against legal and for Ill illegal immigration. I don't know. When you're actively against everything this country is found on, when you're against gun rights, when you're against the foundation of this country, people are going to say, why are you here then? Go to Venezuela. Go to Cuba. Go to a communist country. Just go there for a vacation. Talk to some of the locals and why they don't like their life there. And then come back and tell me you still want to be a socialist. You just are adamantly against making this country better for your fellow Americans. Explain this to me. Hot take. I just did. I just did. I don't want my tax dollars. Sorry about bumping my microphone there. I don't want my tax dollars to go to pay for your education because college is not a necessity in life. You can get a great career. You can have a great life without college. When government gets involved in health care, and I mentioned this in my uh, video going out next week, um, April, 27th, 3 p uh, April 22nd, 3 p.m. Set your calendars um, for my YouTube channel. I said this then. Watch Steven Crowder's healthcare video for the universal healthcare in Canada and tell me that you want universal healthcare in America because that is not a good system you're told to go down the road if you want faster care go down the road where you can pay for it go down the road where they accept money for faster care because you're going to get faster care that way because the people who can pay more are always going to get better care. It's going to be worse for the people who can't afford anything. If we were to get government out of health care, have Social Security for older people, and that's about it. If we were to get the government out of health care, you would see costs dramatically drop. Dramatically drop. So I want to get into this. This, this video wasn't even on my notes, in my notes. Um, what is in my notes is that the J&J &J vaccine has been paused. I'm pretty sure this vaccine was made with uh, aborted fetal cells, but that's besides the point. There have been six cases of blood clots related to the uh, 
Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 one-shot vaccine. Um, and people are not confident with vaccines now because they stopped it for six blood clots, over six million doses, seven million doses. People aren't getting, aren't confident with vaccines. People are saying, oh, I did my research. I want to get my vaccine. You are the research. Okay. I'm going to be completely blunt with you. If you have gotten the COVID-19 vaccine, you are the research or your fellow Americans are the research that you're looking at. Because these vaccines are not inherently safe for you. You don't know what the long-term effects are. Some people my age that are getting the vaccine are older that want to have kids in the future may not be able to have kids. You don't know what the long-term effects of this COVID-19 vaccine are because it hasn't been long enough, around long enough to study it. As of right now, they're only good for six months. They're going to have to get shot twice every six months. This vaccine is worse than getting the virus itself for the majority of Americans. Now, obviously, if you are 90 years old, you're high risk, you're afraid of the virus, obviously get the vaccine. But for someone my age, I'm not afraid of this virus. I'm, I want to have kids in the future. I don't know what the long-term effects are. I'm not going to get this um, I'm not going to get this vaccine, especially now that it's came out that who knows what they're going to cause to you. Uh, Right here, six people got blood clots. One died from it. Why do you think that's going to help people want to get the vaccine? It's not. I'll talk about a little bit about the border. Like I said, my newest opinion article about the border is available at GOPjosh.com. Kamala Harris is to travel to the Guatemala, to the Guatemala, to Guatemala, and to Mexico amid criticism over the border crisis. People are criticized that the person leading the border crisis efforts isn't at the border. That, that shouldn't be surprising. I would be, I'm criticizing Harris. She's been in charge of the border for 21 days now, I think, 22 maybe, somewhere around there, and she hasn't been to the border. Vice President Kamala Harris said on Wednesday she will travel to Guatemala and Mexico as part of her role tackling the root causes, the root causes of the swirling migration crisis at the southern border as she faces intense criticism for her alleged lack of action on the crisis. Representative Steve Stivers of Ohio was on the Boxer Show on 610 WTVN and had a great interview about down at the border. I recommend going to the iHeartRadio website, listening to that interview <clears throat> with Congressman Steve Stivers. That was a great interview talking about what he saw at the border because he saw firsthand. He went down to the border. I've seen multiple interviews, but uh, Stivers was honestly very great with it. Um, talking about what you are seeing at the border. So why doesn't Kamala Harris do the same? I'm sure there will be Republicans out there, House Republicans, Senate Republicans, even some Republicans up in higher in, uh, federal offices, maybe justices that are conservative. We'll go down. I don't know if justices can do that or not, but Cindy McCain supposedly part of the administration now. Why doesn't Cindy McCain go down there with her? That's a Republican, I guess. I'm sure there will be plenty of congressional Republicans that would love to go down to the border with Kamala Harris, show her what's going on down there. Maybe Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz would be perfect for that. You know, he he his state is truly affected by it, by the border crisis. I say that Ted Cruz should invite Kamala down to the border if he hasn't already. Rather than going to Guatemala, rather than going to Mexico, show these um, camps where these kids are being kept. 
And so, I think she has been asked to go down at the border. She said, I have been asked to lead the issue of dealing with the root causes in the Northern Triangle, similar to what then-Vice President did many years ago. But I will tell you these issues are not going to be addressed overnight. On plans of travel, Harris said that we also have plans to go to Guatemala as soon as possible. Later said she will also be stopping in Mexico. The Biden administration has been struggling to handle historic surge in migrants to the border, one that critics have said have fueled the administration's liberal immigration policies. The immigration the administration re, uh, refused to describe it as a crisis, calling it a challenge instead, and blame, has blamed the prior administration. How are you going to blame President Trump, who had working immigration policies, who had, was building the wall to prevent this surge? How are you going to blame President, President Trump for that? Images of child migrant-packed facilities in South Texas combined with numbers of record uh, uh, numbers showing record numbers of migrant uh, apprehensions this year is increasing pressure on the administration to act. So far, it has built a number of extra facilities and also come to an agreement with countries south of the border for them to increase troop presence at their borders. Harris was tapped as Biden's pick to deal with the White House, uh, with what the White House described as a root causes of the crisis. With Bi- Biden saying Harris has agreed to lead our diplomatic effort and their work with those nations to accept the returnees and enhance mi- migration enforcement at the borders, at their borders. She has faced criticism for not visiting the border, something that this latest trip does not seem to resolve. At a House GOP press conference on Wednesday, Republicans displayed a milk carton with Harris's picture on it with a slogan saying, Missing at the border. I don't know how you're going to be the person who's leading the border and not going down to the border. Many conservative leaders in Congress, many conservatives in Congress, have gone down to the border, seen firsthand accounts, taken pictures, talked to the media, something that the administration, something that the leaders of these countries refuse to do. I don't think it should be a representative from Ohio's job to go down to the border. It should be a representative from Texas should lead um, the senator, and that part of Texas should lead the senator, and the vice president and the president, maybe even, down around there showing them what's going on around the border showing them how they, trying to explain how they can fix it. But the immigration, the the, uh, the administration, I'm sorry, is refusing to do that. Absolutely refusing to do that. I want to talk about one more thing, which is big tech censorship, something that is pretty, pretty big, big tech censorship. YouTube has banned the channel of Sebastian Gorka a former aide to President Donald Trump, saying it violated the video's platform's presidential election integrity policy. In a statement obtained by USA Today, YouTube spokesperson Ivy Chow, Choi, Ivy Choi said that Gorka's channel, called America First, received three strikes for violating the policy within the same 90-day period, leading, leading to a permanent removal from the platform. First off, as someone with a YouTube violation, or uh, had a YouTube violation, that's not how it works. You should get four, no matter what time period they're in. You get four strikes because I had one strike and it said you have three more strikes to go on, on your channel overall. I, uh, mine was taken away, luckily, because of a, it, it, it was a clip from a podcast, but the rest of the podcast was still available. I, I tweeted about this. It's, it's, it's hilarious. In accordance with our longstanding strike system, we've termi- terminated the channel America First with Sebastian Gorka for repeated violations of our presidential election integrity policy. 
As we publicly shared, our presidential election integrity policy prohibits content uploaded after last year's safe harbor deadline that alleges widespread fraud or errors changed the outcome of the 2020 U.S. presidential election. According to Salon, Gorka was banned for pushing unproven claims that the 2020 election was tainted by widespread voter fraud. Gorka could not be immediately reached for comment. The YouTube channel of former President Trump was suspended in January, part of a broader crackdown on the platform and other social media uh, companies in the wake of the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. Other platforms such as Snapchat, but it's talking about Trump now, not related to the Gorka story. So Sebastian Gorka, former advisor to the president, host of radio show, great radio show. I recommend it to anyone who can find it on their local radio. Decided that YouTube decided he wasn't OK anymore. So they deleted him. That's how I usually listen to him with his YouTube channel, um, because I like the behind the scenes look sort of thing of the YouTube channel. YouTube is a good platform, uh, easy to navigate platform. But the censorship is getting insane, insane. And I'm probably going to get a strike for this video. You know, I, I I could get a strike in this video really quick if I just say five simple words. President Trump didn't lose the election. That's six words. President Trump didn't lose the election. I, I said five, six words. Trump didn't lose the election. There's five words right there. This video is probably going to get taken down with a strike. I, I guarantee it. I don't guarantee it, but it, it's highly likely. If someone was to report this video... I want to see how fast it's going to get taken down. If you're listening to this, report this video for claiming widespread voter fraud of the election. Let's see how fast this video can get taken down. That'll be hilarious. I'm talking about this on YouTube's Risky alone just because they could very easily take me down with one simple click of a button because I'm talking bad about their platform on their platform. We need more regulation on big tech. Big tech pretty much controls our lives now. They have an insane monopoly. They're taking down competitors. We need some sort of regulation on big tech. I want to talk about one more topic today, which is GOP doctors in the White House want Fauci to answer questions about the border crisis. This is the Daily Wire. A coalition of Republican doctors in the White House on Tuesday sent a letter to Dr. Fauci asking him to address concerns about COVID-19 and the border crisis. They're concerned about, public health about the public health pandemic grew after touring the border themselves. According to the coalition, Dr. Fauci is in a position to make the public health emergency known. The letter first obtained by the Daily Caller reads, In your role as chief medical advisor to the president, we feel it is imperative that you use your position to publicly express your concerns over the nation's health emergencies created by the surge in illegal immigration. The enormous numbers of migrants coming into this country who are COVID-19 positive cannot help stop this pandemic from a health perspective. We witnessed firsthand how our customs and border protection a, uh, border protection agents were being overwhelmed. At one illegal immigrant processing facility we visited, there were over 3,500 immigrants in a holding facility with a capacity of 250. 3,500 in a capacity of 250. We were informed that there have been recently been over 5,000 immigrants in the same facility. These conditions do not meet your COVID-19 uh, mitigation measures. As you well know, the spread of the infectious disease is horribly uh, exacerbated in these conditions. As the top disease expert and director of a national agency overseeing an unprecedented virus, proper management of our country's border and public health seem to fall precisely in your peer view. As a healthcare professional with a wide range of specialties, we are extremely, extremely concerned about the pandemic worsening because of the crisis at the border. Fauci's not going to respond to this. Probably no one at the administration is going to respond to this, but it's a good message. This crisis at the border is causing an uptick in, uh, in COVID patients. And I don't remember where I heard this first, but herd immunity cannot get, cannot happen when the herd keeps getting bigger. 
I'm going to leave you with that today. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the GOP Josh Joke. My YouTube isn't taken down um, next week, next Thursday, in lieu of a podcast episode because I won't have a podcast next week. You'll be able to go over my YouTube. You will be able to go over to my YouTube channel, April twenty second, three p.m. Check out a very funny video I've got coming out over there. Uh, in lieu of a podcast. So there will be no podcast next week, but there will be a YouTube video. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the GOP Josh Show. If you're listening on iTunes, make sure you rate it five stars. Listening on Spotify, make sure you're followed anywhere else, including iHeartRadio. Make sure you check it out over there, too, if you are an iHeartRadio listener, if you listen to podcasts on iHeartRadio. That's it for me today. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week. See you guys in two weeks. <laughs>